You're listening to the Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast Network. Friends Talking Nerdy! If your friends are nerdy and you are nerdy too, I want to talk to you. This is the podcast making public transit taking kiss stealing wheeling dealing son of a gun Tim the nerd welcoming you to another episode of friends talking nerdy world war three may be about to start but we thank you for starting your week off with us as everything else goes to hell sitting next to me we have in the friends talking nerdy bedroom here we have the greatest legal mind of the pacific northwest we have professor aubrey how you doing well hello 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 i'm doing great i'm doing fine yes we wanted to go a little old school this week to kind of uh bring back some memories because we've done some episodes in previous friends talking nerdy bedrooms before (laughs) that's right this is the first time we've done in this friends talking nerdy bedroom Indeed, indeed. Couple for the drinking game there, folks. But uh, how have you been? Well, I was just having so much fun today watching Annie and Mimsy play with their new toys they just got today. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely excited about that. Uh, one they loved the most were the two uh, sticks that you bought that came in one package, and they have both like ribbons on the end, but they're both like one is the color of the pride flag, and the other one's the color of the trans flag, and oh, nice. two different uh, t- two different toys that they both love. Um, also got them a cat necklace. It's one of those um, uh, collars that you can put around a cat, and there's like a wire with a feather toy hanging at the end of it you know kind of like the old uh cliche and cartoons of like the donkey with a carrot in front of it to keep it going or that fish with the light something like that but um that one they're still getting used to now they don't have collars and i think that might be the, the thing that's kind of throwing them off but what i'm noticing um is you put it on them and then the the cat that has the collar on if the other cat is around is normally just sitting there sulking like god damn it <laughs> you know? because Be- the other cat keeps trying to play with what's on his face yeah yeah i mean that so the, it, it i think it's going to be one that we'll have to keep on you know getting them used to us putting it on their neck that might be you know one of the things there but you know when they are alone um you know and not, the other cat is not in the room they both seem to you know really get into it you know just something that's always ahead and oh my god i can't stop it yeah they did seem to enjoy that and de- we definitely have some uh, other plans for the cats at some point in the future too that we will tell you all when they happen that's right all right but you wanted to talk about mushrooms that is right i also have been recently going mushroom hunting and I just thought I would talk about that for a minute. I really enjoy it. The timer's on. Go. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So the last time I went mushroom hunting, I found a matsutake mushroom, which is a Japanese delicacy. And then we made some udon and we cut up the matsutake mushroom and ate it with the udon. And it was absolutely delicious. And then I also found some golden and some white chanterelles. And they were also delicious. And then I found 
This one called Pig's Ear that tastes like a chanterelle only better. And so like I felt like I hit the jackpot. I mean it's kind of funny because mushrooms are really expensive. But we probably could have bought the mushrooms that we found for like 20 bucks. So you're, all you're seeing is that, especially in the Pacific Northwest and Portland, where you have plenty of places to hike where mushrooms are plentiful, people could save themselves some money and get some exercise by walking around and picking their own mushrooms. That's right. And it's super fun. You get to get out in the forest. Get to forage, baby. Yeah, it's really fun. It's fun to go in a group. You feel like gorillas going through the going through the underbrush. And, um, you know, it's real exciting when somebody finds something. You holler out and everybody comes running and starts looking for more mushrooms. And it's just a really good time. Yeah, that reminds me of a TikTok video. Yeah, it was this TikTok video of uh, these gorilla parents. And apparently, um, the mother wouldn't let the father around if she was near. So what the father would do with the babies is he would take one, put it in his arm, and he'd like run across the enclosure uh, in the funniest way. But it would, but he would keep them safe. He wasn't hurting them or anything like that. But you know, it was ultimately like a game. Like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna keep the kids. I'm gonna take them. I'm covering it over here. <laughs> That sounds very cute. I saw a video recently of a baby panda meeting its mother for the first time. Mm -hmm. Baby pandas are so tiny. Little balls of fluff. I guess there are special jobs you can have in China that, you know, takes care of baby pandas because they need to have constant supervision. I think it's quite an honorable job. Yeah, I mean, you get to hug and play with baby pandas all day. I mean, what what's the... Uh, you know, I would certainly love a job like that. You know, play with this animal all day. Yay! Exactly. Maybe you should um, work at a doggy daycare. Uh, I'm probably way underqualified. They probably want somebody a lot younger and a lot hotter than I am, you know? Mmm, underqualified. I get it. Something like that. Anyway, <laughs> anything else going on in your week? I don't think so. I think that's about it. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Um, had some interesting news happen in the world of professional wrestling this past Tuesday. What happened? Normally, AEW Dynamite, uh, All Elite Wrestling, their main show uh, is on uh, TBS on Wednesdays. But being this time of year and being that TBS has uh, sports packages with, with like the NBA and baseball and whatnot, they got bumped to Tuesday. Uh, and Tuesday is the night to where WWE's developmental show NXT uh, plays. So the you know since the first time uh, since the, the since the AEW started because when AEW started initially NXT was on Wednesday, and they called that the Wednesday Night War. So we had a one night battle to where they both went head to head, and. AEW got trounced. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, like, the NXT had over 900,000 people, 900,000 total watchers, um, but they also topped in the demo because these days uh, TV companies aren't necessarily interested in if you have a lot of people watching. They want to they want to make sure that, you know, you are getting the right amount of people in the demo they're looking for to sell ads. Right. You know, which in a lot of ways is unfortunate if you ask me but um but that's yeah they they kicked their butt and tony khan ever since has just been 
having a bit of a meltdown. I mean, apparently there's rumors that uh, he loves to uh, be friends with the wrestlers a little too much, and that there are times, uh, especially when he um, <laughs> does stuff like this on uh, Twitter, that they, some people think that he's uh, hyped up under a powdered substance. Reason. Yeah, substance, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> there are several that could be implicated. Uh, with as hyper as, as uh, uh, Tony hyper, is, I, I, yeah, I think they're uh, they're insinuating that Tony smokes a lot of coke. Smokes it or snorts it. Sorry. Oh, I um, was like, whoa, freebasing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, who knows? I mean, any the drug a drug habit will take down anybody. But oh, know, absolutely. But you know, the, you know, for something like that, yeah, I don't see somebody in his position who runs a wrestling company, an NFL football team, and an England soccer team is going to be doing something like that. Gotcha. Yeah, because it's like freebasing. You don't free base unless you just want to be fucked for the rest of your life you know yeah that's not like you know picking up a joint and you know having a good night or something you know yeah at least yeah. that's what i think but i'm privileged because i've never free based <laughs> yeah me neither so we're all talking out of school yeah yeah, I mean, I still think of uh, Richard Pryor. Like, he um, almost died because of freebasing. Right, he set himself on fire. Yeah, um, but he, he sure got some jokes about it. Like, uh, one of his last comedy films, you know, he, he took out a match and lit it and goes, What is this? That's Richard Pryor running across the street. <laughs> uh, and then they had a similar joke in the uh, Bill Murray movie, Scrooged, because um, Murray was having an hallucination that a guy was on fire, and then he threw a bucket of water on him, and then, you know, woke out of his, uh, woke out of his uh, thing, and, you know, said, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were Richard Pryor. <laughs> funny. Funny stuff there, but the world of professional wrestling is just so damn weird in a lot of ways. And in in this battle, it, it's unfortunate they called it a battle because it's stupid. Like for the past few months, uh, the WWE has been uh, loading their shows with their main star talent on NXT, and the reason they're doing that is that the the company is right now in the process of they're in the process of negotiating a new tv contract with uh you know whether it be uh nbc uh comcast universal uh, uh you know keeping it on uh, the usa network or maybe mo moving it somewhere else and the best thing a company can do like that to get the most amount of money for a contract with a new company um you know to show their product is to have it consistently strong and if you got resources like john cena in the undertaker available for your developmental show and you need to make your ratings look good it's it, it's simple math folks it's, you, you got to take advantage of it and and also too wrestling fans are in a lot of ways used to habits what do i mean by that you know like when a show comes out if you like if you like you know wwe you know you know that mondays and fridays are going to be the days when wrestling's on if you're a hardcore fan nxt and tuesdays but you know monday night raw has been on the air for over 30 years yeah you know people are used to it being on monday as the name implies and the times to where you know in the past when the westminster dog show hit the head of the usa network had a big boner about um playing the westminster dog show so their top rated show in wwe raw had to go to a different night 
And as it would happen, the ratings would always go uh, down a lot because most people don't aren't like me as a wrestling fan. A lot of them are just casual. It's it's a show they like watching, but they're not going to take the time to you know scour internet message boards or or news sites to find out you know all the all the goings on in the world of professional wrestling. It's just a TV show, and if it's not there, they're just going to turn to something else. And I think that's what happened with AEW. I, I think you know the people that are WWE fans that are laughing at AEW should, you know, kind of understand that, you know, they're, it, the, the, those two companies are fighting two different things, you know, so it wasn't a real competition in that, in that particular sense. Also, AEW for the past few months has been getting kind of stagnant. I mean, ticket sales have been dropping big time to the point to where when they come to Portland next month, I am very confident they'll have tickets available on the day of the show. Because when normally what they will, what they've been having to do, and they did it for this Tuesday's episode, is if they don't sell enough tickets in the entire arena, they will move everybody to the hard camera side and then leave the everything behind the hard camera empty. Wow. To make it look like it's more full than it really is. Uh-huh. Yeah, but that's wrestling for you. It's been a while since I brought that up, so I thought I'd give a little update here. But, you know, there's a chance we may go see AEW Dynamite next month if we go. Like, uh, Kaushida? She's, <gasps> she's the AEW Women's Champion again. She should uh, be there. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to see her. Yeah. What about her intrigued you? Like, she's one that you latched onto right away the moment I started showing you AEW. Yeah, I think I liked her personality. Like, she was very tough, even though she was small. I thought she reminded me, you know, of a character from Street Fighter, which I like. That's probably it. Yeah, she kicks ass. Yeah, she's great. She kicks ass. So... Yeah, if uh, we do get a chance to go, we'll definitely make that an episode here on the show. And speaking of the show, we got an update for you all out there. Uh, This is a good one, but we have switched podcast hosting services. That is right. What is a podcast hosting service? In order to get your podcast released to the world, you have to have a podcast hosting service. Now, Spotify has one, Spotify for podcasters. Uh, There's one I've used in the past called Blueberry. Uh, There are plenty of other ones. Basically, what it is, is once you uh, sign up an account with them, then um, you record your show, then you upload it to them. And, you know, once you make sure that, uh, you know, you have availability everywhere with uh, you know, with Apple, with Google Podcasts, and all the other uh, available um, podcast players that are out there. Once you hit publish, they will take care of the rest. Yeah, so what we have done, like I mentioned, is we've switched our podcast host to Acast. Um, not that I was necessarily dissatisfied with Spotify for podcasters, but I think the big problem, ultimately, what became the big problem why I decided to do the switch is in their name. Spotify. Um, Why do I say that? Because the um, stats that I do have from Spotify in terms of uh, the listeners on the show, um, you know, that one, they're not that detailed uh, type of stats, but two, most of the people that listen to our show don't listen to it on Spotify. And uh, that's kind of two things I want to correct. You know, I mean, Spotify for podcasters allowed me to have the show on other services, of course, but at the end of the day, they're going to reward people that are getting, you know, big time uh, traffic on Spotify. They just are. 
Yeah, of course. And I want to be able to be rewarded at some point in the future, hopefully, um, from all of them. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's, now, what does this mean for you listening to this at home? Absolutely nothing with one caveat. There, What's that? The caveat, and we've already spoken about this, are, are is that a few of the episodes of Friends Talking Nerdy have not traveled over, and those are the date night double episodes. Basically, Spotify for podcasters, since it's with Spotify, allows you to create an episode with official, you know, official music from any band you can think of. Uh, the only caveat being that episode plays exclusively on Spotify. Now that we have switched the homes, um, those episodes did not uh, make the switch over for that particular reason. Now, are they still available on Spotify? Uh, for now, they are. I don't. I mean, because after a couple of weeks. Once, you know, Acast is 100% set in, there would be no need for it since Spotify is not the one that's pushing it out. So, you know, I could download the audio, of course. Right. Yeah. You know, um... And and go from there. Yeah, I mean it's it's only a handful of show, uh, a handful of episodes of the show, folks. Literally, I, I believe maybe you can count them all on one hand, like five. But there were the date night doubles, like uh, you know when we like went to the beach or something like that, and you know at, and played music as well. Um, yeah, it wasn't that many because of the fact that it was only played on Spotify. We had far fewer listeners to those episodes. Um, yeah, if if. Those are the only ones that don't make the transfer over. I'm not that worried. I mean, everything else came over. Well, those were really high quality episodes, but I understand. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I could always, uh, you know, download the, uh, the the audio and go from there. But some of the ones, too, like some of the Day Night Doubles we did were album reviews. And then, you know, we explicitly say in the audio, we're cutting to this song, you know, uh, which right, we yeah, cannot do. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, it'd be good to have them just for posterity, I suppose. Yes, save it for the time capsule and people a thousand years from now will open it up and be like, this was Tim Jaws, my media god. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so ultimately things are chugging along here. Um, uh, YouTube is actually going to become a lot more active for podcasters here within the next few weeks. Really? What's happening? Um, What's happening is um, Google is shutting down their Google Podcast uh, app. Oh. And they're migrating that to YouTube Music. I see. So um, since YouTube Music is essentially integrated into regular YouTube anyway, um, in a few weeks' time, uh, Google is going to start allowing people with YouTube accounts to add their RSS feed directly to YouTube. So basically, yeah, I wouldn't even have to use Headliner anymore to have uh, episodes of the show. And by doing that, I think it would load everything up. So going back to episode one, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, so definitely excited about that. And then once that occurs, then I will be, um, you know, putting a lot more effort into YouTube. Because right now, uh, you know, our show is up on YouTube every week. But um, we've had literally no traction there for one. But two, you know, up till now, before this change, I did feel it was silly for an audio podcast to focus on a video platform. Right. (laughs) You know, but... 
now that they do have that integration going on, it will make more sense to put some more time into building up the YouTube audience. Yeah, and we could try to figure out how we could appear in video. That is definitely something that we could do. I don't think it's something we have to do anytime soon or anything like that. But, you know, maybe if we did something like, you know, record via, you know, record on Skype with you in the office or me in here or vice versa. Because, yeah, if you're yeah, if you're done teaching a class, you're like, I'm lying down, bitch. <laughs> That's right. Yes, yes. But lots of fun changes here in the world of friends talking nerdy. Uh, so, again, at the end of the day, those changes aren't necessarily something you, the listener, are going to be aware of per se. But they are being done uh, in the hopes of um, kind of keeping this train rolling. And so you, now you know a little bit about how the sausage is made here at the Friends Talking Nerdy Studios. Exactly. And by listening to us each and every week, one thing you will not be is lonely that's right we will keep you company yes we are your friends who talk nerdy that's right our main event this week um we it wanted to you know kind of have a month here dedicated to mental health topics yeah yeah because uh, you know th- we had a summer of entertainment and you know but the beauty of what this show does it allows us to kind of dive into other passions of ours and one of them being uh talking about mental health because talking about it constantly uh, you know allows you in your head to kind of keep yourself in check loneliness so we went to psychology today for uh this week's episode and came across a great article uh 15 facts everyone needs to understand about loneliness um the author of the piece is Susan Krauss Whitborn, PhD, ABPP, um, and, and uh, it's peer-reviewed by uh, someone named Devin Fry. So what I th- it's a great article. We'll have uh, the link to the article in um, our show description uh, and definitely encourage you to do a deeper dive on, the, on your own. But what I wanted to do is have us bounce back and forth among those 15 bullet points and kind of talk about our experiences and how we relate to them, you know? Yeah, I think that sounds great. I mean, this is a time of year when we're coming to the holidays and a lot of people are triggered by that all right so what i will do here is start off with number one and we'll bounce back and forth and do our thing all right number one loneliness is an adverse experience people describe loneliness as being like a nasty disease and a state they would rather avoid even worse people don't want to discuss their loneliness with others out of fear of seeming negative can definitely relate to that you know, especially as a guy, like, you know, talking about being alone, you know, talking about dealing with loneliness. A lot of times guys are just told to buck up and deal with it. And so nine times out of 10, it's not even worth talking about because we're just supposed to magically know how to handle all this. I know. And there's this such an emphasis right now in the world, I think I'm being positive that acknowledging I'm lonely is, you know, really negative. Which is, is unfortunate. You know, it, it keeps people, I mean, people are so scared to be able to reach out for help, not understanding that the people that they're reaching out to for help would gladly help them out if 
if they knew, you know, I mean, think of how many times, you know, you've heard of something catastrophic happening to a friend and, you know, it was something that if they had confronted you, uh, not confronted you, but, you know, asked for your help, that maybe you wouldn't have been able to solve their problem, but you could have helped in some way. People overall, and, uh, you know, I'm not saying guys more so than women, but I think, you know, with the patriarchy being what it is, because men can suffer under the patriarchy too, Everyone suffers under the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the the lesson here is we're told not to talk about it, and that makes it worse. Yeah. Yep. Secrets, secrets. All right, what is the next one? Loneliness has emotional features. As the authors noted, the emotions that came alongside loneliness were a key aspect of the experience. This theme referred to above included the host of unpleasant feelings that people report, but also included guilt and jealousy. So yeah, difficult feelings. Those are hard to deal with. And loneliness brings up difficult feelings. Feelings maybe for me, you know, I think about abandonment. Just that I'm perfect in every other way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I get that. And a lot of times too, like when I get extremely lonely i mean depression will kick in and then i will start beating myself up like you know there are people going through far worse than this is is something humans always do and it is a nasty habit of always trying to compare yourself to others when you know the only person that's going to ever have the experiences you have in your life is you yeah and everybody's totally unique Yes. And you never know what other people are feeling. Indeed. Shall I go on with the next one? Certainly. All right. Number three, loneliness has cognitive and perceptual features. People who are lonely engage in self-blame and feel inferior to others. Lonely people also perceive time as passing too quickly, too slowly, or to stop altogether. Especially with, with something like depression kicking in, you know, it can make... Like, I remember when I had my financial crash you know in 20 early 2019 and you know definitely felt lonely because like i couldn't approach anybody for help and then the closer the deadline got the faster it felt like life was going and fast forward right up till that deadline to when i had to face it and oh man that was the worst have you experienced anything like that Oh, for sure. You know, I've had a lot of experiences where I felt like they're really terrible. And like you, though, have at times been able to say, you know, these these problems aren't really that big of a deal. But I think the thing about difficult emotions is that when you're experiencing them, you're not rational. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't reason out like, oh, this is going to be over. I felt this way before. And then it went away and I was happy again. Like, you just can't even remember all of that. Yeah, I mean, like, think about, like, going through a bad breakup, um, you know, like, and and how after the breakup, after a certain amount of time, clarity hits. And you and then you just think of, like, oh, God, I was a fuck up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we're not talking, you know, necessarily a bad breakup. I'm just a normal, everyday, two people, not compatible breakup. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, it is easy to, in in times of heightened emotions to guard yourself, really, to protect yourself. And you're not realizing that a lot of the actions that you're doing to protect yourself aren't necessarily helping you. Like what? Verbally. You know, you think that everything is happening to you because the other person's a villain, not taking into account every single thing that led to someone making the actions they did, you know? 
You're saying you should have more compassion for other people and empathy. You should. I mean, it's hard. I mean, if, you know, like uh, I've been through horrible through breakups. And I'm sure if I had a breakup in the future, hopefully not, um, I would be bad again. And it's hard. You gotta fight through that. You gotta fight through that because you. It is easy to so get lost in the woe is me attitude that you don't necessarily take the time to see what actions on your end aren't helping things either. That self-reflection is hard when you feel terrible. All right, I believe you are up next with number four here. Now it's my turn with number four. Loneliness is affected by personality and identity. Lonely people can come to define themselves as isolated and weak, and at the same time, link their loneliness to something about their personality. For example, as timid or introverted. I definitely relate to this I think that I've been less lonely in the last few years than I have been a lot of my adult life. And that experience has shown me that I'm not actually incapable of being with other people. I actually enjoy being with other people. I just have to be constantly vigilant about taking the lazy person's way out of life, which is to not engage. And so even though it's hard sometimes for me because I have anxiety, it's just so worth it. Like the experiences I'm able to have. That is definitely a good thing. Um, yeah, I mean, to the, uh, to the article's point here, being introverted doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be alone. There are plenty of introverted oh, yeah. people. There are plenty of introverted people out there with a healthy friend base and um, are able to get all of their social needs met while still being very much introverted. Yeah. You know, and you know, hey, there are also some people. Raise hand, Tim. Um, that are just comfortable with not having that big of a social group. Doesn't necessarily mean. I'm lonely or people in my my type of situation are lonely, you know? I mean, I think if you're having the social interactions you want to have, then that's not loneliness. Mm-hmm. It's just mental illness. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall I go on to the next one? Yes, please. Number five. Loneliness can relate to specific relationships or their absence. The feeling of loneliness can emerge out of the ending of a given relationship, such as the loss of a spouse or when family members move away. Culture can play a role as when people who are single are defined as unattached. People can also feel lonely if they feel that they're different from the other people within their social network. All very relatable. I mean, we touched on it somewhat, but yeah, I mean, if you do have somebody that's been a constant in your life, that's like a rock in your life, and then they disappear, um, whether it be through death, divorce, or any other Ds you can think of, it is felt. It is felt because even, you know, with the most healthiest of relationships, if you have another person in your life and then suddenly they're gone, you're going to feel it. Oh, yeah. It doesn't even matter if you like them or not. It's just like some people occupy space in your world and when they go, that space is empty. And that can, that can lead to feeling lonely. How about All right, the next number one here? six. Loneliness relates to a lack of close, meaningful relationships. People need to feel that they have more than a superficial connection to others, but instead 
that they and other people truly understand each other. So if you don't have somebody in your life, you have that kind of relationship with where you feel like you understand each other, um, you feel more lonely. Definitely there. And I, I think the key three keywords here are close meaningful relationships because I, you know i'm sure you could probably find the most extroverted a person who is look at rick flair <laughs> super extroverted guy but he is super lonely the reason he does a lot of the shenanigans that he does is that you know he said himself he doesn't like being alone with himself mm. and you know the things that he does for attention are a big part of loneliness like what um, being the life of the party, being, having to be the life of the party, mm, mm-hmm. you know, being the center of attention, you know, for, you know, being a professional wrestler, that's an asset, <laughs> but, you know, to being a regular human at the end of the day, you know, I mean, there's a reason he's still a hardcore alcoholic after his doctors told him to stop, otherwise he would die. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah, so it's, and that's the thing too, like, you know, what I mentioned earlier about introverts, you know, you don't have to have a huge social circle at all, but if you have those one or two people that you can have those close relationships with, that's all you really need. I mean, and I, it could, like, thinking back to my time at Apple, like, I had a social network, but, you know, like I talked about, it was really just centered around work at the end of the day. Once, you know, work was no longer the common factor that we had together, those people quickly drifted off. And, you know, that's not the first time that's happened in a work situation. That's not the last time that happened. That's just how it goes. Because nine times out of ten, the people you work with, you're going to have not necessarily a superficial relationship, but you know, they're not going to see the real you. They're going to see the work you, and it's always what it's going to be unless, you know, a different things happen, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it could be hard to take somebody out of context. Okay. All right. My turn. Number seven, loneliness can involve feelings of disconnection. Not only can people feel different from others, but they can also feel that they really don't have anything in common. More broadly, loneliness can have an existential quality as people feel they've drifted away from the world as a whole. You know, like I said, I felt this the most, uh, you know, recently, uh, at the, you know, with the split from Apple because my whole world was centered around that place. Once it no longer was, you know, it was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, what do I do now? Yeah. And And, you know, the big lesson I learned there was, you know, you have friends at work there friends at work make the day go by fast but don't have your entire social life be centered around the people you work with that is just a recipe for disaster yeah don't do that yeah because then not only have you lost your job you've lost your entire friend group yeah all right any other thoughts on that one no all right what's the next one Loneliness involves negative interpersonal experiences. People can feel lonely when they are actively rejected by others, such as being bullied as a child or treated with abuse and lack of respect as an older adult. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that you can feel lonely regardless of your life circumstances. If you have trauma, and one of the things about trauma is you develop something called rejection-sensitive dysphoria, where you can take any slight as, you know, this huge rejection when probably nothing was intended by the action, 
And that just sort of sounds similar to the kinds of negative interpersonal experiences that I've had when I've been lonely or perhaps even causing loneliness. Well, think about something like a small town. You know, it, it, it's, it's easy to just say, well, if you don't like living in a small town, move. Not everybody has that luxury financially to be able to pull that off, you know. And if you are, let's say, a, mini- a minority or an LGBTQ person in a, part of, in a part of the country that doesn't necessarily support that and you don't have the financial ability to get out into a more supportive place, I can't imagine how lonely that would make me feel. Oh, yeah. I definitely felt more lonely living in the South as a queer person than living in Portland as Mm. a queer person. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine because, like, you don't know that there are other people out there that are like you. And But on the flip side, I can imagine, you know, when you were in the South, that the queer people and the LGBTQ people that you did, part of the queer, you know what I mean? Once you met people of that group, those relationships ended up being stronger because of it. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it was more lonely in general, but, like, it was different when you saw somebody and they, you know, somebody with a rainbow flag or something. Mm-hmm. It meant something really significant. Whereas here we see it all the time. Yeah. It's... The, the, the thing about Portland is that a lot of the progressiveness this city has a reputation for is performative. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you will see a lot of Black Lives Matter signs and windows. You'll see a lot of pride flags out, but you will also see people at the end of the day voting in people into the Portland City Council that will continue supporting the Portland police for doing what they're doing. And just because they don't want the protest in front of their home because, oh, the smoke, you know, damaged my hydrangeas. Yeah. Some shit like that, poor people. Oh. <laughs> But anyway, any other thoughts? Nope. All right, let me go on to number nine here. Loneliness involves social comparison. Watching other people having a good time together while you're by yourself can lead you to feel sad and isolated. Another social comparison is the feeling that you haven't gotten the types of relationships that you believe your culture expects you to have, such as people not marrying or having a family according to expectations. Yeah, I mean, I I think... That type of stuff is going to be true no matter where you go in the world, but it will have different connotations based on where you're at in the world. Yeah, I mean, because I did have people in my life that, you know, were like, oh, when are you going to have a kid? You know, when, you know, I met up with my ex-wife. Are you going to have more kids? Like, my mother I ended up, like, insulting my ex-wife by, you know, stating I shouldn't have a vasectomy in my 20s because what if I wanted a kid again? And, you know, she was like, you know, I can't have <laughs> My mother was a character. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. She never liked your wife. No. And she was right in the end. Yep. Was she right about most things? No. I mean, my mother was a character, let's put it that way. Like, during the last years of her life, like I've mentioned on the show before, she had uh, non-cancerous brain tumors to deal with. And so, you know, she had to live in in care. I mean, luckily she was able to... um, like live with somebody that was pretty well off in the southern Michigan area. They had like a farmhouse that um, you know they you know specially built up um, for 
for her to you know be able to function and all that but she anybody that was in the role of taking care of her if you heard it from her lips was the worst person in the world yeah you know but uh, that was ultimately not the case, <laughs> you know. Right. My mother just. There was one common denominator. Yeah, she chafed. I, I think, I, and I can imagine how this would be upsetting be- because you know you have no control if you get brain tumors, and once they do, and they start affecting your cognitive disabilities, your cognitive abilities. You know, I, I would chafe at you know having somebody suddenly having to be in control of me again. I'm an adult, damn it. Oh yeah, it's so. So hard. I, you know, I saw it with my grandfather that he just lost his humanity because he lost everything that was important to him in so, the aging process. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, we've talked in the child free episode, you know, we talked about, you know, how, you know, certain child, childless people can be made to feel isolated in their social groups if they're not having a baby like all their other friends are. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely not fair. But what is the next one? Number 10. Number 10. Loneliness is connected to, but not the same as aloneness, isolation, and solitude. These distinctions reflect the emotional component of loneliness. You can be alone and isolated, but not lonely. Solitude, a chosen and enjoyed aloneness, can bring positive emotions. Lack of a sense of control was a subset of statements that fell into this theme. Good distinctions there. I mean, because, yeah, you think of somebody, and you've done this before, going out camping in the middle of nowhere by yourself for a couple of days. When you did that, you weren't lonely. You were alone, and you were in solitude. Nobody else in there but you and the squirrels. Um, or whatever wild animals uh, were out there at the particular time, but you were not lonely. No, I mean, I think lonely implies a longing. And if you feel completely satisfied, even though you're alone and isolated, you're not lonely. Any other thoughts on that one? Mm-mm. Yeah, it was pretty straightforward. All right, I'll go to number 11 here. Loneliness is precipitated by life experiences and transitions. Some of the key types of events that fall into this category include bereavement, retirement, divorce, and relocation. COVID-19 fits here as lockdowns forced many people to live for months separated from family and friends. And yeah, that was a common theme we saw again and again during the pandemic. We, you know, saw people that didn't realize how much they depended on the others in their life and were suddenly cut away from them. And, you know, on the flip side, you know, I, you know, I think of how I ended up handling it and I think I, you know, kind of did the reverse and kind of pushed people away a little more than I necessarily should have, Mm. you know, in terms of, you know, the sickness, I don't want you getting near me type of deal. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, like if, if you're grieving a lost loved one, if, you know, you're, if you no longer have to go and punch in your time clock and do your job anymore, you can just sit back and watch, uh, you know, talk shows or whatever. You're going to feel lonely because your normal routine is gone. The people you shared your life with are not there. And the whole, like, like, I think I mentioned it too, like with like my divorce, the reason I didn't go for a divorce much, 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 much sooner than I did, uh, was I didn't know what the world would be like afterwards. 
been made to believe that it, it would just be like ultimately like me dying in a box on the side of the road or something like that you know that nobody would love me and i would just find despair and misery wherever i went and not the case no not the case and and I, you know uh, your brain can mess with you in a lot of ways. I mean, my brain was a big factor in me, you know, being scared to, to the point to where I was just like, I'd rather have the known than the unknown. Right. Even though the known is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And that can definitely make you feel lonely, too, especially if you think of the people that are married in relationships that have gone south. And, you know, the the, the, the marriage is in a nosedive and it's not coming back up. That is one hell of a lonely feeling. Especially with someone who, at one point, you loved dearly. And, you know, congratulations if you don't know that kind of loneliness. Those people aren't listening to this show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's the next one? So the next one. Number 12. Number 12. Loneliness fluctuates in duration, intensity, and type. For some people, loneliness is a constant presence, almost a part of their personality. However, it's also possible for people to feel more or less lonely at particular points based on their exposure to precipitating factors. I've never found myself to be the mopey, I feel alone at all times type of person. I think the times that I have felt lonely have been, you know, at at major crisis moments in life, like the divorce or, you know, financial uh, situations or, you know, having anxiety issues like I do. Um, I'm not the most adept at social cues, I guess, when it comes to things. And that can make me feel lonely, too, because, you know, like I get scared to kind of talk to people because it's like I I get scared like that. They think I'm going to be goofy and whatnot. That makes me lonely that way. You're afraid that you're gonna, they are gonna think you're gonna be goofy. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. You're pretty fucking goofy. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Any thoughts on that one? Well, you know, I just, you know, I agree with you entirely that it happens. And when it happens, it definitely makes you feel lonely. I agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Shall I go on to number 13? Yes. Thank you. All right. Loneliness can be grounded in specific context. The events that contribute to loneliness on a daily basis include evenings, weekends, holidays, and winter. These are times that tend to be less busy, but also where people can engage in unfavorable comparisons, i.e. spending a holiday alone. Yeah, I mean, especially when it comes to, like, the winter, depending on the part of the country you're in. Like, last winter, I spent it in Maine, and, ooh, nothing like Portland winter, let me tell Portland, Oregon winter, let me tell you. And, you know, um, when you don't have a vehicle in a situation like that in Portland, Maine, you know, you're spending a lot of time at home. You just are, you know, that, and, and that can lead to loneliness. Did it feel like, like you couldn't leave? Like the weather was so bad you couldn't leave the house? It was partly that. It was also partly the fact that I didn't realize the situation I was getting into with the public transit system being what it was in Portland, Maine. That was the big thing because I couldn't rely on it. I I just couldn't. Really? It was just... Yeah, it it was something you could do like on a day off if you wanted to go to like a museum downtown because you're not dependent upon it necessarily being on time. Right. You know, I mean, if you're taking it to work, different story. Wow, I had no idea. Well, that's one of the reasons why we did the um, episode about public transit when I got back. 
right because of the comparison but um yeah based on the specific context from for me during that time it was a little lonely you know i had you know great roommates uh at, at the time but you know also different work experiences i worked third shift too so like which is very isolating yeah and you know my past really didn't cross uh with my roommates uh much and you know dealing with what i was going through uh at the time including having a young son who was dealing with some pretty heavy emotional stuff it was just (laughs) what a few months Mm, well i'm glad that's over uh it to the severity it is yeah but you know he he's almost 18 folks like it's stressful going through it at this particular time but i was just as moody at his age you know Oh, sure. And that's not, and and to be clear, if he's listening to this, that is not dismissing your feelings or his feelings, um, you know, to everybody else that's listening. That's, you know, I think the the older folks in the crowd here can definitely understand that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Number 14, that'll be the last one from you. We got one more after that. Okay. So, loneliness could be impacted by physical and mental health challenges. Oh, yeah. Being physically ill such as undergoing major surgery or having a major health event, can lead people to be isolated, but also to feel different from those in their surroundings. Depression and anxiety, by definition, can also impact feelings of loneliness. Absolutely. I mean, I think physically not being isolated, like when I felt isolated and I've done something like go to the coffee shop and work, even though I don't know those people, they're not acquaintances of mine, I'm not chatting with them. Just the presence of being in a community with humans. You know, we're primates. We're meant to be in groups. We're not meant to be alone. I'll be with groups of kitties. Yeah, man. (laughs) But it it can definitely do that. I mean, look at what solitary confinement does to, you know, prisoners that have to deal with that even for as short of a a time span as a month. Yeah. You know, think about that. Yeah, it really messes them up. Like, I, I believe that there was one jail that I did read that at least went so far as to make sure for the right people, if you have someone with a history of like hurting animals, I wouldn't want them to do this, but they would adopt cats and let the prisoners have a cat Aww. during their stay. And, you know, something like that, I think, could go a huge way. And, you know, think about all the cats that could be rescued from uh, local shelters that will be given people because I don't go for this mindset of, you know, every person that has ever committed a crime of some sort will should always be damned. You know, um, like... Well, just the idea that everybody in jail or prison has actually done something. There's that, too, because think about how many times we hear, like, 20, 30, 40, 50 years after the fact that, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they were totally innocent. Totally innocent the whole way. It was a total fabrication. It was pushed forward by, you know, the cops and prosecutors, blah, blah, blah. Because, too, even if you do think the absolute worst about criminals and whatnot... Thinking of, you know, doing your best to make sure that, you know, they have their mental health needs taken care of during that time makes it to when they do have that make that transition back into the real world that hopefully the goal would be that they wouldn't have to have, you know, their their mental health be totally destroyed because they've been in isolation for two years and haven't seen another human being apart from the guard that brings their meals. Yeah, I mean, that's going to fuck you up. Yeah, so... 
it can def. But look at the Unabomber too. The Unabomber guy. He's another guy that you know isolated himself and you know went absolutely nuts. He had you know he had mental health issues that he was not taking care of that ultimately led to that. But you know living alone like he did didn't help him at all. No. No. He was the Unabomber after all. Exactly. He wasn't Romp Appeal. No. Should I go on with the last one? Yes, please. Loneliness is affected by the socio-political landscape. As mentioned, large-scale events such as the pandemic can lead to loneliness, but so can the cultural attitudes towards whatever group you represent, such as being the target of an ism. I think we touched on it earlier, like being a minority um, or in a minority group like the LGBTQ people in the South can make you feel lonely. But it also makes you feel associated with a group. And that's what, yeah, that's what this is talking about. You know, like homophobia, um, stuff like that. It can definitely affect your loneliness because of the politics involved. And it can even be something as simple as, you know, feeling a little lonely at just a simple family gathering. And most of your family is conservative and you're not. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's not a big thing in the world at all. But if you got your Uncle Frank and your Aunt Jane talking about how great that Matt Gates is doing, oof. Oof is right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish we could get back to the days to where most people let the knowledgeable people talk and not become experts themselves. Yeah, whoa, if we could go back to that, it'd be cool. Yeah, there probably was never a day like that, I should be honest with myself. But anyway, that was the 15 points uh, from the Loneliness article. Like I mentioned, we'll have the link to that article uh, in our show description. Definitely recommend you taking the time to uh, read that because, um, as we mentioned on on the show about psychology today before, the reason we go back to that source is the fact that they do have um, peer-reviewed articles up there. Like this article was reviewed by somebody else to make sure uh, that the information was on the up and up. That's right, and that's one hallmark of trustworthy source. Exactly, exactly, because with something as, as, as important as mental health, you know, you don't want to pull like a Gwyneth Paltrow type of deal because, you know, you can go down a bad path thinking you're following a good person. Yes, as most cults have demonstrated. Exactly, exactly, but any other thoughts about loneliness? I'm glad that I'm not lonely. That's good. I'd say that I'm the least lonely I've ever been. I deal with some levels of loneliness, but I'm still at the point where I'm figuring out what I'm comfortable with, if that makes sense, in terms of what I want my social life to be. Um, And I'm a work in progress. Yeah. You know, uh, let's put it that way. But um, I, I don't feel like... I deal with depression more than I do loneliness. Like, especially, you know, having, a, you know, someone like you in my life on a regular basis, someone like my friend Lisa. Yeah, so there was that. So, like, I, you know, do I feel lonely? Not really. Are there times to where I do? Sure. Um, am I going to try to fill that loneliness gap by dating? Nah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Not today. And, and if... Th- I think I have been guilty of that in the past, and that's just not healthy. Just trying to have a presence in your life isn't going to solve anything. It has to be the right presence for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I meant. Not a not a total negative thing, but yeah, if if I tried to date like a super extroverted uh, person that just needed to be in groups of people at all times, it wouldn't work out. <laughs> no. All right. So also, too, I think uh, the important thing here to say is, you know, for any time we talk about a mental health thing, one common thing we're always going to say is open up to people you trust. You know, if you are going through a rough uh, time uh, in in your life with your mental health, um, whether it be as something with something such as loneliness, Find somebody to talk to because I can guarantee you that person you go to will not only have dealt with the issue themselves, but will be glad to help you out. Absolutely. And it doesn't even have to be somebody that you're super close with. It just has to be someone you trust. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, some of the things we talked about, um, you know, in the article here, if you're, you know, for like social, social political reasons, you know, if you are an LGBTQ person in the South, I can see where it would be wiser to be a little more careful knowing who to talk to. Yeah. About certain things. So, all right. We thank you all for listening. Each Monday, we'll have something in this podcast space to entertain your ear holes. Until we meet again, we bid you adieu. So long, I'm so lonely. Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.